Hey guys, it's me. Not that you were expecting anyone else. Anyways, Gaming After College has a sponsor. I know, right? We're getting with the times. It's pretty exciting. Anyways, our sponsor of today's episode is Anchor. Anchor is a brand new service that lets you make podcasts, and they make it very easy to do so. All you need to do to make a podcast is right there on their app and right there on their website. On top of that, they handle automatic distribution of your podcast to various different platforms. So you don't have to do anything with RSS feeds. And then they look for sponsorships for your podcast with absolutely no minimum amount of listenership, which is great for me because I think I only have five of you guys out there listening to my beautiful voice and uh, keep going. Thanks, guys. The best part about Anchor, it's absolutely 100% free. So what are you waiting for? Go and try it out. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, guys, let's get back to the episode. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Gaming After College, the only podcast that manages your gaming time and your busy life. This is your host, Manny, speaking. Today, we will be talking about one of the most anticipated games of 2019, Kingdom Hearts 3. And, and, today I will also be doing another giveaway. Stay tuned. Let's get started. Before we get started on the initial purpose of the podcast, which is the Kingdom Hearts 3 review, I would like to give an update to everyone on the games I've been playing. So in the last few months, I've actually finished God of War, which is going to be the next episode on the list, and I purchased Wakamili 2, which is an amazing game. It's a uh, side-scroller game. Um, you actually play as a Mexican wrestler, and the whole purpose of the game is to save the Mexiverse. I am not making this up. Lots of fun, insanely difficult in my opinion, and uh, I'll probably doing I'll probably be doing a review of that pretty soon because I just finished that a few days ago. And like I said in one of the earlier episodes, I did in fact purchase Cuphead for the Switch. Um, that is downloaded; it's on my Switch now. But I have not actually started playing it yet, and that's probably because for my birthday last month, I actually received Red Dead Redemption Two. So I started playing that, and my god, it is such a beautiful game. And um, that game is probably going to take me a while. And ho- hopefully, hopefully, there's enough time in the next few months um, on the weekends, because I know there's like, what, two holidays coming up? Um, hopefully there's enough time where I can actually finish the game and review it for you, for you all. If I cannot do that, then I'll probably just do like a quick four-hour review where, you know, I just review the first few hours of the game and maybe do a follow-up review after the fact. So we'll see what happens. And then finally, I purchased Overcooked 2. And I'm playing that right now with my fiance. And that sort of game, Overcooked, is a game you should really play with another person. Because the controls aren't exactly clear when you're playing just by yourself. Because there's there's still two cooks that you're going to control. So you have to like alternate between them. Um, and it makes it a little difficult. You're, you're handling multiple things in, in one round. So... Playing it with another person is definitely the way to go, and I'll probably do a review on that after we go through a few of the stages. We've only gone through like three of them, so so far it's pretty good. And uh, all right, cool. So, anyways, let's get started with Kingdom Hearts Three: The Review. Gotta relax. This is Earth Radio, and now here's human music. Human music. I like it. 
as always, I'm going to try to keep this review spoiler-free, and um, I'm going to include just a little bit of the plot details, um, enough to get everyone started. And I'm going to just review, you know, obviously the gameplay mechanics, the storyline, how long to beat, which is the core element of this podcast, and uh, what I liked and didn't like. And obviously, I'll try to keep everything spoiler-free. So, Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, as if you listen to uh, the Kingdom Hearts episode that I released back in January, it is a 17-year-long franchise that has one of the most convoluted storylines of all time. Uh, even more convoluted than Metal Gear Solid, in my opinion. And this game serves as what I thought was going to be the final game in the series, and they were just, you know, Square Enix was going to wipe off the, the you know, clean their hands, be done with this, and move on to the next Final Fantasy game. So, according to what I've been reading online, this isn't the final game, so that's good, because the ending was not great for me, (laughs) um, in in my opinion. And if anyone wants to have, like, a spoilery discussion, uh, send me an email at gamingaftercollege at gmail.com, or just tweet at me at GAC underscore podcast. Um, So, anyways... Let's first start off with uh, just a little bit setting up the story. So Kingdom Hearts 3 picks off immediately after Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, which is uh, the last game that was officially released chronologically in the series. And you could pick it up in the Kingdom Hearts 2.9 release that came out maybe two years ago. It's uh, for the PS4, originally for the 3DS. And uh, the storyline is in that game... Sora and Riku, best friends since years since past, since the sandbox days, literally, um, are performing the Mark of Mastery exam. So this exam would declare them, assuming they passed, would declare them to be uh, Keyblade Masters. What are the requirements for the exam? Who knows? I honestly believe Yen Sid, you know, the sorcerer from the uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice, um, I honestly believe that he, uh, he he makes up the requirements as he goes, but he's just so all-knowing that you just, you know, go with it. But anyways, so in that game, and this is spoilers for that game, so in that game, something happens at the end which causes Sora to fail. And not only that, magically, right, quote-unquote magically, he loses all his abilities that he's gained throughout all the series from Kingdom Hearts 1 to Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. And he's basically resets his level 1. And how convenient that Kingdom Hearts 3 is the next game, right? But but anyways, so he's kind of reset to level 1 and Kingdom Hearts 3 picks up immediately after, like literally in the same room after Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. And... Sora, Donald, and Goofy, you know, the the three half-pints, they go off into the world and uh, they're basically going to relearn everything so they can gain the power of waking. Also, Sora can gain the power of waking, which I'm not entirely sure what that is right now. Um, it, it, Anyways, uh, m- moving on. And Yen Sid, being the thoughtful mentor that he is, he basically says, hey, who have you known that that has lost their powers before a hero who has been in the slumps before obviously this is a callback to hercules so the first world you go to is hercules and that pretty much serves as the prologue for the game because as a jerk around that square next like likes to do and this is another little little spoiler is um when sora Dawn, and goofy head off into hercules it on the screen it says kingdom hearts 2.9 instead of three and everyone's like excuse me what <laughs> um that's how i was 
So the whole storyline of Kingdom Hearts 3 is just as convoluted as the other ones. Essentially, the, the real Organization 13 is up against the uh, Sora and the Guardians of Light, which includes basically all the good characters you can think of. Basically, everyone with anime hair, right? So you, know, you got Riku, you got Axel, uh, Kairi, Sora, you know, all, all, all those guys. And then you kind of go up to... Um, then they kind of go up against uh, all the bad guys, right? And I'm not, I'm not trying to give away spoilers here because some of the bad guys are actually really surprising, in my opinion. And uh, so you go between different worlds. You visit the Tangled world, Big Hero 6, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, obviously Frozen. And it wouldn't be a Frozen world if you didn't hear Let It Go. Because they actually have Let It Go in the Frozen world. Um, Sora, Dawn, and Goofy are like trying to find Elsa, and then out of nowhere, the music starts playing, and it's a whole damn cutscene. What the hell? But, anyways, I can't escape this song. I seriously can't. And now it's in my head. Great, great. Uh, if I had the licensing, you all would be hearing it too. Trust me, I'd play it in the background right now. Um, anyways, moving on. Um, some of the worlds are pr- pretty, pretty good, in my opinion. Some of them were kind of small. Um, I'm, try- I'm trying to think names right now, but in total, this game was kind of short compared to the other ones because there weren't that many worlds. And a lot of the fan favorites from number one and number two, which you think if they were both in number one and then number two, you would think that they would have them included in number three, but that's not true. So like uh, Halloween Town from from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, that isn't there. Uh, the um, What's the place? Atlantis from Ariel, that's not there. I'm sorry, I think it's called Atl- Atlantica. Don't at me. And then there's um, there's like a couple more worlds that aren't that aren't present in Kingdom Hearts three that were in the past. So that that was a weird design choice. However, what I would say is that they included um, a ton of mini games in 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 Kingdom Hearts three, right? Um, in fact, wait, actually, let, let me go back to the story before before I lose my train of thought here. Uh, so, basically, it's the same thing as Kingdom Hearts one and two, with a lot more um, exposition towards the end, which kind of is really annoying because the Kingdom Hearts games have many storylines that happen within every world, right? For example, um, there is a um, frozen world, right, and you come in. Pretty much when Elsa leaves the uh, the castle and Arendelle is just completely frozen. So you kind of just play out the, the elements of the movie, right? And then there's like Pirates of the Caribbean, which kind of plays out Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. So that, that storyline. So there's like these mini storylines, right? And at the end of each world, there's like a little tidbit that kind of advances the overarching story, right? So t- typically to how a, uh, um, a season of TV plays out. There's an overarching villain... But we don't know that until like the middle or whatever you, you know what i mean so so in every world there's like these mini stories which some of them make some crazy choices that i would not have made but it's pretty awesome that they did so for example um in the monsters inc world yes there's a monster monsters inc world and it's amazing but in the monsters inc world it was um it takes place after monsters inc one had ended it, it literally takes place uh for those of you who haven't seen monsters inc mega mega spoilers right now um at the end of the game movie i'm sorry at the end of the movie they have to destroy boo's door and um and sully keeps us keeps a piece of it and then it's revealed that at the very end of the movie uh mike had been rebuilding boo's door 
and it just needed one final piece to you know to work and you know Sully takes out the piece he had puts it in the door the light lights up he opens the door and you hear you know um you you, you hear boo go kitty you know and that that's the name she has for Sully and the the, the movie ends awesome ending right uh bittersweet very nice it makes you want to cry well in Kingdom Hearts 3 the the Monsters Inc world picks up immediately right after that and it's actually pretty great it's almost like they spent a whole day together and then at the very end of the day Sora, Donald, and Goofy show up right uh so I thought that was a crazy design uh choice a uh, storyline choice and uh I applaud them for it uh the same thing happens with Big Hero 6 the uh, Big Hero 6 storyline takes place literally like maybe a few months after Big Hero 6 the movie ended um so it's really interesting um I, I actually really enjoyed that sort of thing um it makes it fresh I, I i'm like oh look it's big hero six we're gonna have to fight the the dude who killed the brother and stuff you know again spoilers for that movie um so when they do those sort of things which they don't typically do um i really applaud them for it because it makes it more interesting and uh however my biggest issue with the plot um is that the overarching story about the you know the, the the seven pieces of light the 13 pieces of darkness that are gonna clash together and form kingdom hearts uh by the way this is all stuff you should know this isn't a spoiler for kingdom hearts 3 um all that business all that storyline pretty much gets expedited in like the last hour of the game what is with that in like the last two hours of the game there's so much storyline like i was getting storyline fatigue and I was just a little annoyed. Um, they could have paced this out, but no, 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 no. They, they, they didn't want to do that. Um, so, so that that's that's my beef. That that's my beef. I will give you my final opinion on the game at the end of this review. Um, but now I kind of want to talk about the uh, the gameplay. Actually, actually, no. I I was talking about the mini games. So let me talk about the mini games, and then we'll talk about the gameplay. So, <clears throat> so there are there are a couple new uh, additions to Kingdom Hearts three that weren't in Kingdom Hearts one and two. Obviously, it's been quite a long time since one of those games were released, and that was the inclusion of a phone. Right. So now it seems kind of industry standard to include a photo mode in everyone's games. Whether that means the actual characters get to have like a phone like device or they can you can just press pause and do a photo mode um in god of war they had a photo mode in uh horizon zero dawn there was a photo mode so in spider-man there was a photo mode but that one that was actually like a like a cell phone like he treated it like he had a cell phone on him well in kingdom Hearts 3 it's it's more of that um you're getting you're given a gummy phone and it's basically a phone and uh, you can take pictures and these, the, the, this also leads on to a side quest I do want to talk about. And um, it, it's going to go off on a bit of a tangent here. And so if, if this was an in-person discussion, I would say, does anyone in the class, has anyone in the class ever been to Disneyland, right? And then, you know, some people would, would raise their hand, I'd pick one out. But anyways, so in Disneyland, when Disneyland was first being um, constructed and everything, Walt Disney and all his wi wisdom he decided to include hidden Mickeys everywhere, right? So you, you know that little symbol that looks like a Mickey head with the with the big circle in the center and the two smaller circles on the sides, ma ma making a 
like a face, if you will. So you can find this symbol in hidden parts all over the park, right? So for example, um, in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, right at the very end of the ride, um, you're, you're, you're just ended going through the town, everything was on fire, etc. Yo-ho, yo-ho, okay? And you start going up the ramp to go back to the, uh, to the line queue. If you look to the left, you'll see these uh, these shields, uh, these shields, this um, ironclad armor on the wall. If you look at one of them specifically, I think the one on the left, because there's three of them. If you look at the one on the left in the dead center, you'll see a hidden Mickey and it's like painted in yellow, right? It's really cool. And uh, I'm trying to think of all the other ones I've seen, but they're hidden all over the park. Right. Well, one of the more harder ones, actually, and I do want to talk about this. One of the more harder ones that people don't usually know about is in the Haunted Mansion attraction. If you uh, go into the Haunted Mansion, right, they, they send people in in groups, right? Groups of like 40 or some shit. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry. Excuse my French. Um, they send groups in groups of like 40 or 30 into this big waiting room before they go into the main room with the, the elevator. Um, well, in that in that waiting room, there are these sconces on the wall, right? These like candles or whatever. If you go underneath one of these sconces and look up, if you look from if you go underneath the sconce and you're looking up towards the ceiling, the way the sconce is laid out is in the shape of a hidden Mickey. It's insane, right? Like people don't think to look like that. Well, guess what? I'm pretty sure Disney was like, what if we include hidden Mickeys? into kingdom hearts 3 and that's basically it you'll find like plates in the shape of hidden mickeys right you'll find a hidden mickey embossed into like the wall or something and it's a side quest if you i think there's like 70 of these hidden mickeys in the entire game and you can find all of them and uh it's pretty cool because Zon and goofy will be like i think there's one of those hidden mickeys somewhere and uh, garsh you know and you find it, you take a picture, and you get some rewards for, uh, I think, every fifth picture you take. So it's really interesting. Um, another little cool tidbit I do want to point out is if you take pictures of Donald or Goofy or just anyone you're with, any of the NPCs, they usually take a pose, and it's actually pretty great. Uh, you take a picture of Goofy. He, the minute like the camera focuses on him, he'll like do a pose. Same thing with Donald. Same thing with like Woody and and uh, and Buzz, who are also in the game. Um, basically everyone. It's it's fantastic. And then two of the mini games I do want to talk about. One of them is in in your little gummy phone. It has a QR a QR code scanner, right? And as you're going throughout your travels, you'll find these QR codes to scan. They're usually in treasure chests. Yeah, and you find these QR codes in chests, and when you scan them, you get a uh, free mini game on your on your on your gummy phone. But the mini game is these old school black and white games. These old school black and white games. I don't know what they're exactly called, but I remember as a kid. They would sell these games for like a dollar or two dollars and there, there used to be like those little tiny games that were just black and white lines and uh, oh man i'm finding it really hard to describe them but like it was really simple you have to like move certain things to somewhere or uh escape like the fish or something or whatever but it's all black and white lines on this tiny little device and they would, they would make beeps basically there's like 15 of these mickey themed games and the, the names of every game by the way are some of the oldest cartoons that walt disney ever made for mickey right like steamboat willie building a building uh wayward canary stuff like that and it's pretty awesome right especially if you're like into walt disney stuff into into mickey mouse it's really cool that they included that so that's one of those mini games my favorite mini game bar none in, in the entire game 
is uh, cooking with Remy, the chef. Remy from Ratatouille is in the game. Uh, although Alfredo Linguini isn't. I was, I was kind of hoping we'd see him at the end, but we didn't. Um, however, um, Remy is. And he's running a bistro with Scrooge McDuck, which is hilarious. Basically, Scrooge McDuck found Remy, was like, holy crap, you can cook. I am making a bistro. And he's the chef. And um, one of the mini games is basically helping Remy build out his menu by finding ingredients all over the world. Uh, they call him Little Chef. They don't call him Remy, so they just call him Little Chef, which is what his name is colloquial in the movie. And um, basically, you just find ingredients all over the world that you go to. And you come back to Remy, you show him the ingredients, and he'll whip up a menu, and then you help him cook it. And it is... It's a lot of fun. It's it's really it really is a lot of fun, and I really enjoy doing that. All right, finally we can move on to gameplay. So the gameplay in Kingdom Hearts One and Kingdom Hearts Two and Three they're all basically the same. Um, there is a uh, action command section on the top left, oh, sorry, bottom left of the uh, of the screen, which includes like your attack commands, your magic commands, items, etc. And then. Um, and then that that changes based on the action. So if you're in a battle mode, uh, there are certain things you can't do. But then when you're just in regular mode, you can talk to people using the same commands you would use to attack. Um, and then on the bottom right hand side of the screen, you got your uh, your health bar for both uh, Sora, Donald, and Mickey. And then you have your uh, your MP bar, your magic power, right for um, for all three of the characters as well. And also any NPCs that are with you, like Buzz and uh, Buzz and like like Buzz and Woody. Um, however, there's a couple of changes. So in Kingdom Hearts One, they had summons, which you, they still have summons in this game. Uh, in Kingdom Hearts Two, they also had um, form changes, right? So there was like Valor form, Final form, stuff like that, uh, where you could wield two different Keyblades or you can do special abilities. They in Kingdom Hearts 3, they don't have that anymore, unfortunately, even though I really like the aesthetics of it. Um, however, in Kingdom Hearts 3, they have summons, which look really beautiful, especially aerials. Uh, so they do have summons. But one of the things that they have that the other games didn't was the inclusion of um, uh, for special attacks. So, for example, um, in the Pixar world of Toy Story, right? So you're playing with Woody and Buzz. You're fighting Heartless together and um, things are just going crazy eventually at random points woody and buzz will say hey let's do it right and there's a special action command uh the triangle button special action command that pops up and i, I can't remember what it's called now i think it's called rocket power or something like that um and essentially you woody and buzz like so are woody and buzz they get on the rocket from toy story one and they use it as a weapon like they start flying all over the place attacking people and then eventually they just like launch the rocket at someone it is amazing it's a great callback to toy story one and every npc has this so there's like a, a special attack with baymax from big hero 6 a special attack with mike and sully which is my favorite um there's special attacks with every npc and it's it's a lot of fun just seeing it happen um there's also special attacks that you have with your own crew right like with donald and with goofy which are very nice to see as well and then the major difference one of the other major differences in Kingdom Hearts 3 compared to the other ones is the inclusion of, and I'm not joking, Disneyland attractions. If, if you didn't think the Disneyland or Disney advertising wasn't enough, 
they they really I, I i don't know like is the disneyland parks are they losing money no they're just about to open the star wars area maybe they just want more money i i, I don't know i don't know it's very weird very weird but anyways disneyland attractions are now in kingdom hearts 3 um only a few of them though so like for example eventually you'll start fighting a heartless they have like this special little emblem on them and before it runs out you're supposed to hit them and when you hit them you are now able to use a special attraction themed reaction button and uh, so some of the, my favorites include uh the teacups um basically you hit it and Sora, Donald, and Goofy each get into a teacup, and you're just twirling around in circles, hitting all these Heartless. Eventually, when the time runs out, you can unleash a final move, and all the three teacups get together, and they make like this bigger move that attacks even more Heartless. Really cool, really great. Um, and then on top of that, there's like another one for the Big River Rapids. So the, the Big River Rapids ride in California Adventure, uh, where you just go around jumping everywhere and you're creating these water stream behind you while you're in this river raft and then eventually the final move is tracing back the entire path you just made and it's a lot of fun it's really cool um some of the bigger ones include big thunder mountain railroad where you start attacking people using the freaking railroad um and then finally i believe there's one th th there's a couple more i'm missing but basically disneyland attractions that, by the way, look a lot like the Electrical Parade. So for, for those of you, again, going back to Disneyland Fanatics here, for those of you who remember the Electrical Parade, uh, remember all those pretty, pretty lights everywhere, how they outlined everything? Imagine that for every single one of these attractions. Really beautiful looking, insanely pretty, especially in 4K. Um, but it, yeah, so like it's an amazing game, like especially it's really pretty with, with, all, the, with all these rides. Um, some of the other game plane changes include, so aside from that, because I do not, I, I don't want to keep blabbering about, uh, Disney and advertising, uh, some of the other game plane changes include, uh, some of my favorites anyway, um, multiple keyblades. So you can't, you can no longer wield two keyblades at once, unfortunately, which was always a really cool thing to do in Kingdom Hearts 2, but you can hold, uh, you can equip multiple keyblades. So for example, uh, the Kingdom Key, the original Keyblade that you see everywhere, uh, I, I had that as one of my mains. But then on the fly, I can switch over to another Keyblade and another Keyblade. So there's three different Keyblades that you can hold at any one time, and you can switch between each one of them mid-battle as you're fighting. And each Keyblade has their own special attacks and have their own special like uh, changes, right? So, um, for example, the uh, the Baymax Keyblade, it, once, you, once you hit a certain number of enemies, you can unleash a, a form change to it and the Keyblade changes for you and now you can have different attacks and a, a special ability attack. It's a lot of fun. It's really cool. It's a really different addition to it. Um, and you can have up to three Keyblades at once. So it's a lot of fun, really interesting change. And in a pinch, it really does help you a lot. And I do like that because some of the special attacks that come from uh, these Keyblades either hit like really, really powerful hits or they hit a wide range of, uh, of Heartless. So it's really cool. Um, de definitely a welcome addition to the Kingdom Hearts universe. Everyone, so this is the inclusion of the contest again, the giveaway. I'll be giving away another $25 Amazon gift card. And uh, uh, just, a, just a quick little stats for the last giveaway. I got less submissions than I hoped. So hopefully, you know, tell your friends, tell everyone to listen in. Because I'm going to start giving away even more things if I get more listeners here, guys. Come on. Um, but anyways... Um, I got a I got a few submissions last time for the giveaway, and obviously the the rules were that the the first person to submit 
with the correct answer, which by the way was, the, the question was, what was the first appearance of Mario and what was his name? And the answer was Donkey Kong 1981 and his name was Jumpman. So I received a few submissions and um, obviously the first one won. And, and then a friend of mine told me that, you know, what if it was a raffle instead? So multiple people can submit and then I can raffle it off later. So I'm probably gonna do that. I'm probably gonna do that. So here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna ask a question. Everyone will submit their answer. And in one week's time, or two weeks time actually. So uh, in the next episode, or the episode after that, episode after that maybe, um, I'll, I'll release who the winner was on my Twitter account, okay? So last last time was uh, that John Doe, right? That's his name. He won. He submitted correctly, and he got his $25 Amazon gift card. He said thank you. It was great. Um, I told him to tell everyone about this podcast, so please, everyone do the same. Uh, without further ado, here's the question. What was the first major gaming console that had internet connectivity? All right, cool. Make sure you send your answers to gamingaftercollege at gmail.com. All right, let's get back to the review. All right, so I talked about the plot, sort of. I did talk about the gameplay. And, oh, actually, going back to the gameplay, <laughs> um, it's all action-based, right? So for those of you who don't know, I, I, I wrongly assume that people don't know. Uh, just, just a quick little tidbit. Um, it is an action-based RPG game. So instead of taking turns during battle, you're actually walking around and the Heartless are gonna show up out of nowhere and you just start fighting. That's it. It's very action, it's very quick-based, um, definitely not turn-based. So for those of you who aren't aware, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, I implore you to go back to listen to the Kingdom Hearts episode in January. Um, but just for those of you who don't know, it's an action-based JRPG. All right, cool. Moving on to the thesis of this uh, podcast, how long to beat? So I was a little sad to learn that I beat the game so quickly. Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 were pretty long. Uh, they were at least 60 hours, north of 60 hours. I believe it took me 75 hours to beat Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, so I was expecting around the same, and I honestly didn't get it. And I was a little depressed about that. Uh, for a game that's been in development hell for so long, you'd think it'd be longer. But it was not, unfortunately. So I personally beat the game. Actually, no, no, no. Before I continue, how long to beat says that if you just wanted to complete the main story of the game, if you wanted to just take it at your own stride, not do anything special, no, no side quests, no mini games, no nothing, you're looking at around 28 and a half hours. That's it. 28 and a half hours for this amazing game. <sighs> Makes me really sad. Anyways, if you wanted to do some of the side quests, some of the extras, you're looking at around 38 hours, all right? And uh, that, that probably includes doing some of the, you know, getting all the pictures of the hidden Mickeys. There's also other pictures you can take that are part of collectibles too, uh, stuff like that. And then finally, if you wanted to get everything, and I mean everything. So this also includes the uh, all the pictures, all the mini games, all the recipes with Little Chef, and the main storyline, and getting the ultimate weapons, the ultimate keyblade, the ultimate keyblade, and the uh, save the queen and save the king, which are the names of the ultimate weapons for Donald and Goofy, you're looking at around 61 and a half hours. Back in my day, Kingdom Hearts 2 completionist was probably north of like 110 hours. So I'm a little sad about it. Um, I did not complete everything in the game. 
mainly because I was getting a lot of games all at once and I really hate for them to pile up. Uh, so I, I, I did my favorite side quests, the games, right? The little mini games and also uh, cooking with Little Chef. And uh, I called it a day. I, I did unlock the good ending though. Um, there is a way to uh, unlock the good ending so and, and the perfect ending um, and the secret movie because there's a secret movie. There's always a secret movie at the end. And uh, in order to do that, just look it up online. There's actually every guide I saw uh, didn't include spoilers, so that's good. And personally, it took me 33 and a half hours. So basically just a little bit extra than just playing the main storyline, which is exactly what I, I said I did, right? Some of the, some of the side quests, etc. So some of the side quests, some of the cooking challenges, etc. So um, I didn't do everything. But for a game that's been been in development for so long, 28 hours makes me kind of sad. Um, so now it's time for my uh, my final review of the game. This game, despite having all the really juicy stuff for the story at the very end, despite lack of many worlds, because there should have been more, and despite of um, a couple other things, um, I'm going to touch on this really quick. It's kind of a spoilery. All the main bosses are just heartless, and that makes me really annoyed. Uh, maybe it was a Disney thing? For example, back in Kingdom Hearts 1, the final boss for Hercules was Hades. In Kingdom Hearts 2, same deal. Um, in Kingdom Hearts 2, you have to fight Maleficent, right? Same thing with Kingdom Hearts 1, right? Or Pete, for that matter. None of the bosses in Kingdom Hearts 3 are actual characters from the franchise. So like Hans from Frozen, you never fight him. He's a total dick, but you never fight him. Um, or in like uh, Randall from Monsters, Inc., you don't fight him either. You fight, he creates a Heartless, and it was a little difficult, but you don't fight him. And that really annoys me because, I, actually, I don't even know why it really annoys me. But in the previous games, you could, and maybe it's a uh, advertising decision from from uh, corporate Disney, but for all I know, you know that that's what it is. Um, it's a design choice that I don't like, that I don't like at all, but whatever. But despite all of this, despite everything I just said, I find Kingdom Hearts 3 to be a fantastic game uh, with a so-so ending, like a good ending. Um, put it this way, I was pissed off at the ending until I heard that this isn't the final game in the series. So uh, not only does the storyline get even more convoluted, but it didn't end the way I thought it did. So I feel a little bit better now. However, I'm just a little annoyed that uh, that it took this long for, for this payout. Um, they did end the Xehanort Saga, which is great. And the ending to that was cool. But the ending to Kingdom Hearts 3 in general could have used some work. Would I play it again? Hell yes, because it is a beautiful game. And all the voice casting is great. I think 30% or 40% of the original voices for the characters came back so that's fucking freaking awesome um they didn't get hayden panettiere what was with that like i will rant about this for anyone who wants to hear me hayden panettiere was the original voice of Kyrie and one two and probably the other spin-off games but you don't want her back for number three excuse me what but anyways um voice cast is great except for hayden panettiere yeah i said it um voice cast is great the game is beautiful like majestic and the storyline could use some work but all in all it's a good game and i would recommend it to anyone who's a kingdom hearts fan and i hope you all check it out
Okay, cool. So I did do the giveaway already. Uh, make sure you listen to the episode. Um, for, for those of you who thought it's at the end, haha, you got to listen to the whole thing. Um, at one point, I'm probably going to have to like embed bits and pieces of the giveaway throughout the whole episode. But anyways, um, talked about the I did the giveaway. I talked about the gameplay, the storyline, etc. Um, it's a good game. If everyone wants to check it out, please check it out. Um, and if anyone has any comments or questions or concerns about the podcast, you can reach me at GA, you can reach me at GAC underscore podcast at Twitter, or you can reach me at gamingaftercollege at gmail.com. And for anyone who is noticing, and I hope you can notice, uh, if the audio quality is a little better in today's episode, it's because I'm, I finally saved up enough money to buy an audio shield. So I am talking into the screen with all this little foam everywhere. I feel like I'm like a DM in Dungeons and Dragons right now. Um, and also I'm getting a little confused by staring at these little cones. But anyways, um, so if the audio is better, it's because of that. I care about how I sound and I care about how the quality of this podcast is for my listeners. And I really hope that uh, you all just keep listening, recommending it to people. Um, I might do some more uh, some more serious advertising later on. But if you if you guys need to reach me for any uh, special requests for episodes or games or whatever, have what have you, uh, gamingaftercollege at gmail.com and at jj and at gac underscore podcast all right everyone that concludes today's episode this is gaming after college keep gaming this is manny